Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your host, Justin Roan. The Cleveland Cavaliers just finished a thrilling game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, two elite teams going at it. Uh, even though the MVP caliber player ended up missing most of the game, and, and Russell Westbrook also missed some time, it still ended up being an exciting game. Uh, with me to talk about the game is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going? Oh, it's going fine. Um, I consider any loss by less than double digits a sort of win. So from that perspective, I, I think it was great to see the Cavs pick up perhaps, what, their fourth win of the season? I mean, they're on fire. Yeah, well, I, I think this uh, – this <laughs> I think this is the Cavs' maybe third lesson of the year. Uh, uh, excuse me. We don't do those anymore. No, I, I feel rip, like this was rip. still a lesson game. I feel like it was a lesson. This actually was a lesson game. Um, uh, shade at uh, the now departed Teron Liu, uh, nonwithstanding. Anyway, we have a guest. Sorry. We do have a this guest. It's my fault, as always. It, it is. You are hogging possessions like Jordan Clarkson, but we'll get over it. Uh, joining us to talk about the game, the Thunder, and the league at large is our friend, friend of the pod, David Brandon. Uh, Daily Thunder writer, and is there anything else I'm missing there, buddy? Not really. I contribute for Daily Thunder uh, every now and again, mainly about salary cap stuff. I haven't been writing much lately, but I'm still kind of following the league. So, yep. Well, you're missing out on one of the best years in Thunder history. I, I don't know why you wouldn't be jumping all over this. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we just barely beat the Cavs in uh, <laughs> regulation. And it was a lesson game. David, David, David. <laughs> you forgot. Tristan Thompson said that the East runs through Cleveland. So to come on the road and get a win in Cleveland, I, I think that's pretty big for you guys, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the East runs through Cleveland and the Cavs run through Tristan Thompson. So obviously, like, the East runs through Tristan Thompson. David, <laughs> I want you to be honest with me. Did you expect – the uh, the unexpected and the the Tristan Thompson post up heavy offense. That was uh, that was a surprise. I told Justin before the pod started that it actually reminded me of uh, when Kendrick Perkins was in Oklahoma City. Every single time the game started, the first possession of the game, or at least it felt like this, would be a Kendrick Perkins post up. So you're saying that you feel like the Cavs treat every possession like it's the first possession of the game? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like Jordan Clarkson treats every possession like it's the first possession of the game. Um, oh, I don't know about the Cavs. No, Jordan Clarkson treats every possession like there's four seconds left on the shot clock or four seconds left in the game. That guy – actually, this game might – I feel like it could have set an NBA record for the fewest amount of pass attempts by point guards. Like between Colin Sexton, Dennis and Jordan Clarkson, you just weren't – there weren't a lot of guys giving up the ball today. Yeah, it was not good. I'll tell you what, uh, if you're looking to be excited about Colin Sexton, 
nothing gets you ramped up quite like knowing that when he goes to the bench, it means Jordan Clarkson has to come on. Because <laughs> every time I saw Colin Saxton tonight, I was like, hell yeah, let's, let, let's ride, baby. Because the second he sat, I knew I was in for a world of pain. Hey, well, let's be, be honest. Fair. Yeah, go ahead, David. Oh, I was going to say, like, to be fair, like in the second half, Clarkson actually started passing the ball. And lo and behold, they actually got better. And Sexton looked solid. Like he's not I don't know if he's lighting the world on fire right now, but he's he's solid. Like people I, I think it, they did him a disservice playing him next to Jordan Clarkson because you know that every time he's on the court, um, you know, like the ball just gravitates to his hands. So Yeah, I mean it's really weird and like it's also like the offense hasn't really done him any favors. Like like really at this point in Sexton's career with his jumper where it is and his playmaking where it is, really you want to just give him spread pick and rolls, like high pick and rolls with the floor spread. And when they did that, for the most part, he did pretty well. Do you think that's fair to say, Justin? Yeah, I I, I think he, he had a much, much better game. It, it's funny that we went from two nights ago where he only played 17 minutes to 42 minutes tonight. Um, I, I thought Sexton, what I really was impressed with was – I didn't think he took a ton of bad shots. Like there was the possession where he didn't swing the ball to JR and you could see JR get a little dejected. And in all fairness, JR ignored him on the previous possession. But I I thought he showed a lot of patience. He was getting to the rim well. And overall, this was probably Sexton's best game. And to your point, what you said earlier, Carter, about kind of sighing when Sexton was coming off the floor for Clarkson, that's the way this season should be. Jordan Clarkson coming in for Sexton should bring us pain and we should want to see Sexton on the court. And I feel like this is the first time all year I've really wanted to see Sexton on the court. Playing him with the starters was so good. I I just wish it could have uh, at least had more jetty in this game because I I feel the Cavs were just kind of lacking that one consistent wing and with Clarkson and JR taking as many shots as they did down the stretch, I would have liked to see some other option out there. A cool 10 of 34 from the field for you boys, Jordan Clarkson and J.R. Smith. (laughs) Yikes. Um, Watching games like this, and I know OKC is a really, really good defensive team. I just like – I'm blown away the Cavs have have topped 40% from the field this season. Like you watch some of these possessions and you're like, yeah, there's just no way for them to score. And that's all right, but they, they can't. It's not anyone's fault, but they can't. Dave and I were joking around before you came on, Carter, because for our listeners, Carter was late. Uh, Um, (laughs) uh, We were joking around that this is what a game looks like when Tristan Thompson is the best player on one of the teams. Like (laughs) it, it, it was pretty ugly at times. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you want to be like a little encouraged on the other end, like holding OKC to a, you know, a, a pretty horrific offensive game, but like OKC's pretty toothless without Russ, it feels. I mean, have they have they been playing a little better bit better without Russ, David? I haven't actually gotten to see them very closely this year. <laughs> well, uh, the first couple of games of the season were really rough. And then the first two with Russ back were kind of shaky. Um with Russ, it's actually been pretty so- like I've been encouraged with what I've seen with them with Russ. He's been able to play a little bit together with Schroeder. Um, he's worked a little off the ball. Um, he's he's not dominating quite as much. I haven't checked the numbers on that, but it feels like he's deferring a little bit more, and the team's been doing pretty well lately. But without him, what happens is, I mean, Schroeder's kind of like 2010, 2011 Westbrook in some ways. Uh, just, just like the bull, throw your head down and bowl your way to the rim sort of thing. Or, I mean, he he pulled up for a couple of weird threes, but um, yeah, the, the main place where it suffers is that they played Schroeder and Westbrook together a decent amount and Felton hasn't played at all. And when you bring Felton in with the bench, you lose having a guard that can penetrate and the thunder needs somebody who can penetrate uh, on the floor at all times, because otherwise Paul George doesn't get looks. Abrinas doesn't get looks. Uh, because when somebody's getting in and driving the lane and getting to the hole, then everything opens up for everything else. 
everyone yeah. else, and it just didn't this game. Yeah, it's funny with this team, this Thunder team without Westbrook is kind of, in a lot of ways, like I, uh, just a more talented version of the Cavs offensively, which is like they have some players who can do some good things, but they need a destabilizer. Like right. very, very few players on this Thunder team are capable of, you know, someone like Steven Adams, who's a great player. He doesn't really force the defense to bend to his will. Like for the most part, I think the Thunder played against a set defense this entire game. And even the Cavs set defense is not terrible. Right, right. And to David's point, like Raymond Felton actually hasn't been that bad, but you still do need that dynamic guy that's actually going to get the defense to collapse. And and a lot of that's actually what the Cavs have been missing this season. Like, yeah, that's kind of why I want them just to say fuck it. And like, if nothing else, Colin Sexton makes a defense react when he really tries to take it to the cup. And like, yeah, there's going to be growing pains, just like there's huge growing pains with Jetty's jumper. But it's like you might as well just get the reps in. Uh, there, oh, absolutely. There's just no point to running dribble handoffs with George Hill and Tristan Thompson. Like you're not <laughs> that. That's the kind of when I when I've talked about when I've criticized this Cavs team, it's like this is they don't work towards anything on offense. Like you're not seeing like what the future Cavs might look like. You know. There's there's no real effort to do that, and like that's kind of why I would like to see Sexton just stay in the starting lineup and take his lumps from time to time, even if Dennis Schroeder's going to cook him, and you know he's maybe not going to get many assists. It just it just feels like that's the next step for this Cavs team. Yeah, I agree, David. Uh, what's the next step for the Thunder though? Like, what what type of growth are are you looking for this season? What what are realistic expectations? for you have you have for the team because obviously they brought back Paul George which got a lot of uh, attention in the offseason not even giving LA a meeting uh, which still just tickles me in, in all the right yeah. places oh, it's, it's great it's <laughs> but with kind of a, a core being established they I, I like the flyer they took on Nerland's Noel what's kind of the realistic expectations for this season um I think second round but I'm also a little bit of a pessimist about stuff. Okay. I mean, I think I think they'll get past the first round. I thought that last year, but Utah Utah was a horrible matchup for them, and they were bad. Like, they were complacent coming in, but it was a really, really bad matchup too. And presuming they don't get the Utah matchup again or, like, Golden State, I think they'll be fine. Can, Boy, I'll can, tell can, you – go ahead, Justin. Sorry. I'm I'm 99% sure I'm about to say the same thing Carter was about to say. So, um, can you speak to Ricky Rubio playing Russ and Ingles out playing uh, Paul George in that series? Because that still is one of the most wild things I've ever seen. That wasn't was that's, that wasn't where I was going, but I'm glad you went there. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite feud of all time. I love the Jazz though, and like Ingles is my guy because I'm like I'm part Australian, and so I cheer for Ingles. Like I cheer for the Australian national team and and all that. So like Ingles is my guy. So I'm on board with him. But yeah, it was wild. <laughs> I've never seen anything like like Rubio took Westbrook behind the woodshed for like half of that series, maybe more. There was like one game where Westbrook did real well and then like the rest of it rubio just like took him apart yeah you hate you hate to see it it was uh (laughs) it was tough there's just no way around it you know um what i was actually going to ask was kind of a wider angle um wider angle discussion about the conference the rockets look like dog shit and given that i mean that's kind of like the path for past the second round for the Thunders, no one else looks that good. Like, yeah, the Nuggets are nine and two, and the Blazers are eight and three. But like, who gives a shit? Like, that's kind of my reaction um, to both of those things. Like, they, that doesn't. I don't see those teams and say they are like. Obviously, the Warriors are always in a tier of their own, but the Rockets were kind of alone in that second tier in the West last year. I don't see anyone in a set. I think you can actually just skip straight past a second tier and go straight to a third in the West. And there's like five teams in there. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Like, I don't trust the Nuggets and I don't trust uh, 
I don't completely trust the Pelicans. I mean, Anthony Davis has been balling, but they always have injury issues. And Pelicans aren't yeah. even in the playoffs right now. Yeah, but right. I'm, I, they'll turn that. Like, you know, they've got Anthony Davis. They'll be fine. Are we sure? Yeah, are. Will they? Like, I say that. I say that, actually. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm also, not sure, man. And also for the uh, I don't trust Denver point that you guys are making, they just lost to Memphis, 89. Dude, Memphis is good, Memphis dude. Is solid. I love eh. Memphis's roster. I think they're actually a decent team. Conley but I'm talking about if you're – I'm talking about if you're looking for a second tier of their yeah. own. And yeah. Your point was that Denver isn't yeah. in that. Yeah, they're yeah um, they're not. They're just not. And like I know a bunch of nerds on Twitter will tell us otherwise, because uh, their favorite player is a guy who looks like he perpetually has a head cold. But Jamal uh, Murray doesn't look like that. <laughs> Justin, were you just like rock hard during that 48 point game? Oh, like a diamond. I love that you have such a significant amount of Canadian nationalism when it comes to the basketball <laughs> scene. It's like the one like soft outer shell. And that's like, and what, what like, I love that you've somehow gotten away with all your Wiggins slander. Cause it's really easy to do now. But like, I don't feel like people appropriately know why, like you hate him. Cause he bailed on Canada. Yeah. <laughs> not, <It's> like, <laughs> not cause he sucks. You don't know. It's good. That he sucks. You would hate him if he was great. No, because he had the audacity to say that he wasn't going to play for the national team unless they paid him and let his brother play. Canada didn't go that route. He still ended up playing for them. But he played so fucking awful that they lost to Venezuela. And down the stretch, when Canada had to make kind of their comeback run to to make it a game, he got benched for someone named Aaron Dornacamp. Oh, I thought the scrub boys came in for him. Oh, uh, I think one of the Scrub Brothers might have been in down the street. Philip and, 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 and Billup, the, <laughs> the, the Scrub Twins. I don't know much about the Canadian national team outside of, like, the big names, so I just picture everybody past, like, the top three or four guys in the NBA as Plumley clones. Uh, well, the Scrubs, and I, I'm not making up, though, that there are a pair of brothers with the last name Scrub on the Canadian That's national beautiful. team. That is beautiful. My my buddy played against them in the CIS championship game, which is basically like the NCAA final up here. And the the whole time I was like, you got roasted by scrubs, man. Um, <laughs> and and it, when you ask who's on the Canadian national team, so they played like three games this summer. And one of them, um, the NBA guys play, all sat. So they had – Joel Anthony flying from like Russia. He landed from his flight like six hours later, played a game for Team Canada. I think he put up like 15 and 15 and then flew back like just for one day. That guy's a trooper. Well, that certainly is not Andrew Wiggins. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that but fucking yes, traitor. Most, most Canadians uh, will get a lot of love for me with like the exception of Kelly Olenek, Bennett, and Wiggins. That's Why fair. Kelly Olynyk? What did Kelly Olynyk do to you? He ripped he Kevin Love's title. Yeah, he ripped Kevin Love's arm out of its socket. What are you talking oh, okay, about? Okay. That's, I that's was talking Canada and not Cavs. Okay, I'm with that's you. That's 2015 Finals MVP Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> uh, David, I actually I'm curious. So like obviously I, we've joked and stuff. Like, do you feel like the energy around the Thunder is like kind of weird this year? That's every time I've watched them. Things aren't don't look quite right for a team that mostly ran things back. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like it feels it feels all right to me, actually. Does it feel stagnant like, I, I, at all? Or no, is it mostly I, I like feel, you're having fun watching them? I feel better about the team this year than I did last year. That's yeah. interesting. Now, now is that just the departure of Carmelo Anthony? No, not even just that, but like there's they're more cohesive in terms of what they want to run. Um, when they have Russ in and they have Dennis running the bench, they have, there's a consistent vision for what they want. And I think this is the first time since Kevin Durant left that they've actually kind of got the personnel for what they want to do. Right. Uh, I mean, between, you know, they've got a whole bunch of guys who'd like to get out and run in transition. They got a couple shooters. They could use another one, but Abrinas coming on the way he has, has helped. Um, 
I, but they, they need a little bit more shooting, but Patterson coming back to form and Abrinas and Paul George, I mean, you got enough to get by and everybody else just runs the floor in transition. And yeah, I mean, it feels like everybody's a little more on the same page. Like last year, I think I would have said they felt stagnant last year more than this. Like they felt complacent. Huh. Uh, like from the very beginning of the season, it felt like there was a complacency and everybody kind of picked up on it a little bit, like in, in interviews and stuff. It was mentioned occasionally from there was an entitlement, I think, for sure. Yeah. Like they definitely thought they were an upper tier team just by virtue of the names on the roster. And then they got punched in the mouth a few times. Yeah. Like it feels uh, it feels like they got punched in the mouth and I got a few younger guys in and there's not nearly the same sort of like, okay, well, we just show up. Yeah. So, right. Uh, you know what's interesting that you said about Schroeder to me is like, because you kind of said like, okay, well, he can kind of like run the unit without like changing too much uh, when Westbrook's out. And it actually made me think, you know, another parallel to the Cavs, but Cavs in the past is like, you know, the Cavs bench units have always been, were always terrible in the second LeBron era. And everyone kind of criticized them for not being able to generate, you know, a good offense without him. And it was always like, well, like you, he, LeBron dictates so much of what you do on offense and it's so uniquely yeah. built around him that it's kind of hard just to build two offenses in, you know, you, it's almost like you just kind of have to take a small L and hope you can survive without him. Cause when you have him, it's so good. And I kind of actually feel like to a, to a similar degree, that's for us. Russ defines the Thunder's structure so much on offense that, but Luckily for them, in a weird way, he's not as good as LeBron. So you can find like a facsimile of like, hey, like Dennis Schroeder isn't great, but he can do roughly what he what Russ does stylistically, and that'll be enough to buoy us uh, when Russ has to sit down. Yeah, I mean, like if you're looking for a facsimile for LeBron, I mean, what's the next step? Is yeah, there like is none. Jetty, Evan, like Jetty. Evan Turner. Yeah, Nicholas like Tatum, maybe. Yeah, it just doesn't – it wouldn't work the right way. Um, and, like, I think, like, that's, like, obviously a good problem to have. It's hard to find a replacement for LeBron off the bench. But, like, for the Thunder, it was actually a, an enormous issue, you know, because you would put in yeah. Raymond Felton, and he plays so differently. Dude, and Raymond Felton was a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he was you good. Know, he, was like, yeah. he still the plays differently. For a whole year. Like, Russell Westbrook should dedicate half of his MVP award to Samaje Kristen because half of it was just, like, how bad the team was when he went to the bench. Because Samaje, I don't know, he's playing ball in what, like, Iran or something now? So Dude, so how much – One of my – before we pivot trophy. off – hold on. Before we pivot uh, off Samaje Kristen, Christian, did you know his name is just James spelled backwards and that's why his name is Samaje? Yes, like we <laughs> we beat that one to death. <laughs> I recently learned that, and I was blown away. I had no idea. That's so good, David. How much of the MVP trophy goes to Russ then? Because if you're giving half of it to him, and like a third of it has to go to Stephen Adams for giving him rebounds, like how much get, <laughs> how much goes to Russ? Well, funny, funny that you say that because like. Steven Adams is now finally averaging double digits in rebounds, and I have not heard a peep out of Samus Fondiari. Uh, well, <laughs> first of all, that's because Russ has missed time. I mean, you, you look at it, he got 13 tonight. I, I think that's going to be the strategy is Russ is just going to play every other game, and, and there you go. That's yeah. how Steven gets like you average, Yeah, you average the boards out, and then Steven just gets his regular numbers. Yeah, yeah like look at, the, look at the last two games before this. He had 13 tonight, and he had eight the game before, and three against Washington. So, um, <laughs> David, you have, to, you have to embrace this. <laughs> and also, as, as people that are adjusting, um, what's it like rooting for a point guard that can't shoot? That's fine. Does he, does he I mean, I'm used to it. <laughs> I guess we got used to it with Isaiah Thomas last year. Jesus. And, and, oh. and, oh. and Dwayne Wade. And last Dwayne year Wade. sucked, like, huh, Justin? What's that? <laughs> last year sucked, huh? Last year really sucked. <laughs> Although I had a revolving door of point guards. I'd forgotten about that. Dude, people forget that Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas played on that Cavs team. No, it's the weirdest part. They might have been a big part of why the Cavs actually made 
playoffs because they got a lot of wins early in the season and they got wins with team being better when LeBron sat. Yeah, it was like, one of the weirdest phenomenons. Like LeBron's when LeBron was on the floor the first half of the year, they were getting outscored by like six points per 100 possessions, kind of like the Lakers this year. Sort of a problem when you don't put players who can, he can play with. Anyway, uh, like they, get, they were getting outscored with him on the floor, outscoring teams with him on the bench. That was weird. But, you know, ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is everything, about, really. The best part about the Lakers is that they just took, like, all the – like, the players that he played with in Cleveland and just gave him, like, the worst versions of them to play with. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, you have Brandon Ingram, who's like the poor man's jetty. You have <laughs> Lance, Lance Stevenson, who's like the poor man's Clarkson. Um, yeah, it, I mean, JaVale's the poor man's Tristan. I, 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 I see what you're getting at here. And they just need to, uh, they need to find a poor man's George Hill because they don't even have that. Um, speaking of George Hill, do you think they're going to bend Sexton after – he finally had a good game because I, I think there's an opportunity here, um, especially while uh, Sam Decker's out, to play Sexton and Hill together, which has been what the Cavs have needed basically all season and for whatever reason have stayed away from. Uh, are you asking me? I'm asking anybody. Well, I'm happy to jump guys. in. Uh, I, I think they're going to bring Hill back out and like – I think they're going to be wrong to do it, but it's just so clear that they just don't really. Does it feel like this coaching staff likes Colin Sexton very much, <laughs> or anyone for that matter? It's really weird. Um, I don't know, man. It just feels like. I mean, the solution to me all along has just been Hill and uh, Sexton, because like, who in this front office could still possibly think Rodney Hood's part of the future here? What happened that, to him? Uh, he sucks at basketball. That's what happened, David. He and, was and, good on the Jazz for a bit, and then like he just disappeared. Dude, I yeah. was I've said this a lot on this podcast, so sorry for any repeat listeners, but like he didn't pass one of the most important tests, which is the team that got rid of him. Their entire fan base, not a single person, was sad to see him go. And it was yeah. like, oh, he's having a career year, and no one, no Jazz fans are bummed. Jazz fans who famously overrate their own players. I was like, no. Yeah, that's usually that's a really, really good test. And like especially if they're having now that he's gone, you get like more and more stories coming out of like all the stuff that went on, like all the shit that went on behind the scenes and literal shit, because apparently one of his problems is nervous poops. Um <laughs> that he literal yeah, so he just gets nervous and can't really play, so he shits himself. Um, Justin, <laughs> this is not a woke part of the segment. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it's it, hey, it's it's sad. It's not woke to say that, but it also is just kind of the reality. And sports are ridiculous, so let's not let's great, Bob. Not great. Okay, fine. Anyways. Consistency is an issue with Rodney Hood. Confidence is an issue. I think they still haven't really cleared out a role for him or anybody on this team. Um, he just I, doesn't I, do anything good, though. That's that's what kills me. It's not like it's not like he's inconsistent, but sometimes he's really good. He's never good. Yeah, sometimes he's good. He had that game where like, he did the dunk and stuff. Like, what's fucking good? Hitting four dribble handoff 19 footers instead of two like i i'm not i'm so uninterested see here's the thing once again you're acting like you've actually watched the Cavs this season and not just the last two games mr Fuck i was in off. la and too good for your people i watched up- <laughs> as much as i could thank you very much he put up 26 points on 9 of 13 shooting against atlanta that was good yeah that's one good game yeah, but you said he's never good. You said his right. good games are forced. You're right. Up. I knew about that fucking stat line. I watched. I watched his highlights. Sure, you did. Yeah, you, you knew about the stat line because you're looking at your phone while you're off in LA talking about how it's superior to other places. Oh, you were you were a dick last episode. I was in LA. That is a lie, dude. David's with is, me. This is just like I'm classic. Like I'm with Justin here. Here, here's what you guys are doing. Let's go. 
you are just you are just applying little brother syndrome to this, and I and I don't I don't subscribe to it. Ohio's fine. LA is objectively a little bit better. I'm happy to be in Ohio, but it's nicer in LA. That's really what it comes down to. Mm, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I, I'm not here to show everyone how cool my city is by shitting on LA. Do you, you underrated the middle of the country, man. Middle of both countries. To be I, I rate the middle of the country just right. Thank you very much. I've lived <laughs> in it my whole goddamn life. See, David, this is what happens. Carter moves out of the central time zone and all of a sudden he's all out. God, I miss this. Can we talk about the central time zone and how much I miss it? It's 1046 yeah. right now. Yep. <laughs> that sucks. Monday night football doesn't end till like one in the morning for me. It's horrible. Yeah, Central Time Zone is the best sports I, watching. It's time. the best sports time zone. I, you know what? And then, and not to keep hammering the NFL drum, but like having the game start at noon is so uh, is the perfect time for because like I wouldn't really if I like I was uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard I was in LA last couple of weeks and <laughs> having games start at ten it's too early. I'm not. I'm not thinking football yet. You know what's wild to me though is that even with like that crazy time change, like even now at like I guess it would be nine for you or eight for me. Sam Esfandiari is up at six in the morning tweeting about San Francisco housing. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. Like, I'll tell that, you what. Do what you love or what you're passionate about, and no greater example than Sam Esfandiari's love. <laughs> of the San Francisco housing market. <laughs> it is, it's incredible. The passion when you has to be mad online about <laughs> something none of his followers it. care about. <laughs> especially when you contrast it with all the jokes about like the affordable housing in whatever market they're playing against in the playoffs, where that was like half the trash talking was going on like real estate websites and looking up what the average housing is and then throughout the year it's just sam bitching about how expensive it the is the very definition of weird flex but okay was <laughs> people was fucking bay area van shitting on us for having houses we could afford while they're in god like half bedroom bungalows with six roommates like yeah you have to pay one hundred twenty five thousand dollars for a house in a good suburban area with What's good that? schools you fucking pleb <laughs> sam has shown me pictures of his room and it's like eight by eight there's a there's a bunk bed with a tub you know, for the top bunk for some reason like there there's no space there i, I don't Justin, know. i don't really want to hear a about the nudes you and sam are sending each other <laughs> <laughs> i know you know all about his room but uh you know i think this is a, this is a basketball podcast ultimately <laughs> And uh, I'd like you to show some some proper respect. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, watching a team with Tristan Thompson as their best player isn't the best time, but you can make it a little more exciting for yourself when you have some action on the game, um, which is why Carter and I both use my bookie. My bookie, of course, is the one bet that we're happy with and we know you'll be happy with all year. We recommend these guys because we trust them. My bookie's been in business for years. As, as you may have heard, they've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your payroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Plus, not only can you bet on NBA, but you can bet on a whole bunch of other sports. You can bet on NFL. Playoffs are coming up. Time to make some extra money and add higher stakes to that. You can also bet on college football. Uh, NCAA and NHL. Just about anything you could possibly think. Make sure you follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, even the one in sometimes they even jump into Sam and Justin's. Uh, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Carter, let's keep Sam out of the libraries, please. Let's 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 keep it to the talent. Uh, don't miss out on one of the best weeks of bets on sports this year. 
even bet on sports this year. You don't have to pluralize bets, but that's okay. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code BLUEWIRE and get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, you get paid. I thought you were actually scolding me there. (laughs) Oh, man. What what a day. What a day, what a game. Um, Of course... I'm ready to talk about. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, of course, a Cavs Thunder game leads to talk about Sam's nudes because that's that's the only. That's that's how we had to. That's how we had to land. Hey, I'm ready to eat crow on something. What is it? Turns out, (laughs) the Wizards could get more toxic. Oh no! Oh, David, you missed it. Um, Carter before the year. I went out on an all-timer limb. Yeah, he's like, I think, I think the Wizards are going to be really good. I think this is all going to mesh really well for him. My, my theory, David, and like... Sweet I, summer child. Well, here's the thing, David. I presented the theory as like 40% joke, but really it was closer to like 15% joke. And the premise was that the Wizards la- over the last two years had been so toxic that they couldn't possibly get more toxic and thus, it wouldn't hurt to add Dwight Howard and Austin Rivers to the roster. Man. So, That's... wing and a miss. Yeah, that, that Did you see that, that the, the video of uh, Dwight jab-stepping and, taking, and clanking a, a jumper off the side of the backboard with 14 seconds on the shot clock? The Dwight Howard experience. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rough. One of one of my favorite theories that I've heard, um, and it was uh, on the Open Floor podcast. I think it was Gulliver that brought it up. Was the reason why fewer and fewer teams are hiding their dysfunction is like, well, there's no fucking point faking chemistry. Like the they Warriors, can't the win, just, so. yeah, the Warriors are just going to win. So why am I going to pretend that I'm getting along with Bradley Beal and Dwight Howard and Otto Porter Jr. Like. It's all these teams just stop caring. And apparently the, the Minnesota situation is a lot worse than we even realize. Washington's a disaster. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be other teams that enter that mix. Um, whether or not Luke Walton survives the next couple months will be interesting. Magic Johnson's not exactly the most patient guy on the planet, nor is LeBron. Um, it's going to be an interesting year. Dude, can we and- talk about how how – little it took for the for the long game plays in LA to just completely crumble. <laughs> God, I had so many fucking dog shit Lakers fans lecturing me about how their class organization wasn't gonna fucking take shortcuts or 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 cash in any chips. Or make One player is not bigger than the team, man. We have history. Oh, my God. And, and 10 games in, we're worried about Luke Walton's job. And, and they're talking about and, – and Magic's having to give some tepid-ass votes of confidence to Luke Walton. <laughs> and, there's, just, there's a level of collective amnesia at work here that is just incredible. Yeah, that – Even for a sports fan base, it's incredible. Dude, I, I'm so, like, that was my least favorite part of the whole LeBron leaving thing. It wasn't even about him going. I actually didn't really – I actually don't mind him being on the Lakers because I don't really have, like, deep-seated Laker hate like a lot of people do. But the fucking arrogance <laughs> from these fans that, like, had all these, like, horrible and just wrong ideas about, like, what what it was to have LeBron on their team. And, like – and they wouldn't listen to us. That's what was so weird is, like, they were like, like, uh, you know, like, I know they don't have a lot of centers, but LeBron can play some part-time center. And we're like, no, he won't. And they're like, no, he will. Like, it's like he, your organization sucked, but, like, you know, like, he will. No, he won't. Kyle Kuzma has to play center now, and he can't do it. And then they're like, well, you know, like, LeBron, like, yeah, he's going to have to, like, carry the load on defense. But, you know, they're going to have all these playmakers now. So LeBron won't have to try that hard on defense. Or, or LeBron won't have to do so much on offense. He'll actually get to focus on defense a little bit. And we're like, he's not going to fucking do that. No. They didn't. And then, like... Carter, he's going yeah. to go into the post and wait for Lonzo to inbound it to him. Yeah, it's just like... And then all this, like, kind of, like, style of play talk where they're like, 
Yeah, you know, like LeBron realized what he was doing wasn't working. Like he needs other playmakers that can like get get things set up. I'm like, did you not watch the first half of the Cavs year when they tried this very idea? It doesn't fucking work. <laughs> like, like why did ever like like we are LeBron experts at this point, and like the Lake Lakers nation collectively was just like, no, nah, no, nah, we, we got this, buddy. <laughs> Carter, did it feel to get? Did it feel good to get that off your chest? Oh, it felt great. I hated it. It was so frustrating to me. And and like we're just like we're totally eating our just desserts right now. No, I I am completely on board with this because like the it's like I don't even dislike the Lakers like as a team. There's a bunch no. of guys on that team I like. Sure, I. D- I don't have the sort of deep-seated Lakers. Hey, I wasn't like raised a Celtics fan and bleed green sort of thing where like the Lakers are just the enemy, but their fan base is like 400 times as big as every other fan base. I mean, maybe not quite, but it's like way bigger than every other fan base, which means that the amount of people that just like either only watch the Lakers or don't care about anything else or like only watch when the Lakers are good or quote unquote good or like supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. there's just a lot of like loud wrong people out there about the Lakers in particular and to a less particular degree like the Celtics and stuff and would be for the Knicks if the Knicks were anything but awful ever um, like I said fight. this is the first time the Lakers have ever been relevant in the NBA Twitter era so I think people are just getting a full taste of kind of the the organizational arrogance that's there yeah it's uh, it's it's a feature yeah you're telling me man it just like i just couldn't i just like was so frustrated because like especially before the season i actually kind of wanted like justin and i disagreed this uh on this it was like he wanted them to fail i kind of wanted them to do well because like i kind of want lebron to do well and like they were making all these moves and everyone who i was trying to tell like listen he's not gonna do all these things you think he's gonna do for you like He's awesome. He helps your team be really, really good, but not that way. Not the way you're trying to get him to be helpful, and, and especially not at his at this point in his career. And like, there's like, <laughs> you're just a hater, man. It's like, no, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to prep you, and they didn't want to hear it. Yeah, it's like listen it's- to the people who know what they're talking. Like, listen to the people on the team, or like that follow the team. Yeah, like that – we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, and this is just a general – like uh, this is a sentiment I kind of push a lot because I think there's such a prevailing uh, sentiment the other way, which is nobody really – like if you're a big fan of a team, yes, you are want to be um, wrong uh, in in certain spots. You're going to have blind spots because you like the team, right? Like the joke I always make is like, Cavs fans blindly defending Delhi. Uh whenever when the everyone else was telling us, yeah, that's a dirty play or whatever. Like, yeah, that happens, but yeah. at the same time, when you really watch a team for 82 games, not have them up on your league pass four box, but like you're really watching because you're invested, you just catch stuff that no one else catches. Right. Yeah. It, it inevitably happens. So you 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 notice what's really going on behind the scenes and and you, you see what goes into the breakdowns when those breakdowns are success when they're success. Um, but you know what? They signed Tyson Chandler, so everything's going to be okay. I actually um, think he's going to help. I know he's I, washed, but, like, I, dude, they're playing Kyle Kuzma at backup center. Yeah, he's, he's got to be better than JaVale. He's got to be better. Well, even – he doesn't have to be better than JaVale. He just he's has to play the minutes JaVale sits. True, true. Because, and, like, Serge Ibaka was fucking wrecking them. <laughs> I am so on board the, with the Ibaka sense. I am so happy for him. Yeah, I was like wondering. My man how was a part-time Instagram model. Go ahead. Yeah, I just always wondered how Thunder fans felt about him, like because he was kind of that fourth peg. No, I the- love Ibaka. Big fan of him. So, ultimately, do you wish that they could have hung on to him? That they hung on to Depot instead. Like, what when you're looking back and using hindsight, what what would you have preferred? 
I think the trade they did was good because they got good value for it. But I mean that the trade that they did for Ibaka with Ibaka was supposed to be for a Westbrook, Robertson, Durant, Horford, Adams starting lineup with Victor Oladipo anchoring a bench. God, that right. team would have been good. It would have been filthy. And Horford came pretty close, but like everything falls apart. And then all of a sudden you got two ball dominant guards in the backcourt sharing the ball with each other and nobody on the team can shoot. And then they missed cast some bonus as a spot up shooter because he was the closest thing that they had in that starting lineup or even on the team. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just feels like Oladipo like couldn't have been what he became anywhere in any other like timeline. It like had to go this way. It feels like. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't think he could have been what, what he is now without being on the Thunder, like he said. And, I, you know, the, you can tie yourself up in knots over the what-if game. There's no real point in that. Like, the team is what it is now. And I think, yeah. like, the Thunder are a reasonably smart front office. They're not, not going to knock every move out of the park because no front office does that. But they're, like, their owner stays out of the way. They're, for the most part, I mean, I think they learned their lesson in 2012. Um, they've got a pretty good general manager. They don't, like, they use their farm system. Like, how many teams, we're lucky. We are the luckiest of fan bases. I, I would actually really agree with that. Like, I know a lot of people have made it, like, fashionable to shit on the Thunder, but, like, no one is more supportive of trying to field a competitive team every year than me. Like, and I've talked about this a lot, like younger Carter, like who had a little more free time was like super on board for tanks, like get yourself as many ping pong balls as, as possible. And, you know, just, it doesn't matter. Like the on court stuff doesn't matter until you stockpile talent and it's championship or bust. But like now, like, especially like, man, this year it is just such a slog to take the time to watch a team this bad. So like hey, 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 it's gonna give you a fourteen percent chance to drop yeah, picks. Yeah, so thank God. Um yeah, I don't know, man. So like watching the Thunder, like keep bringing it back. Like bring back Paul George, even if you don't think you're a title contender. And like and hell, if things break right and you get the chance to pick up someone to put you over the top, of course you go for it. But in the meantime, stay as competitive as you can for as long as you can, because that's the point. The point is to try to win. And uh I I get the logic behind these tanking teams, but as a fan, and that's why I watch basketball because I'm a fan of the game. Uh, mm-hmm, it, yeah. It's kind of refreshing. Well, no, you, never, you never really know too. I mean, like you, you maximize your chances with those top picks for sure, but people don't realize how much chance goes into this stuff. I mean, these guys do all this research and all that sort of thing. There's all this money plowed into it and the best and the smartest front offices with bad yeah often yeah i mean i think and for a thunder fan to be saying that after the one of the best four-year runs in draft history like shows you how true it is yeah i honestly the the thunder in a lot of ways are what i hope the Cavs can get to is like a solid team that's reasonably well run that is competitive is fun to watch and like that, that's where I'd like the gals to get to. Cause I, I think so many things have to go your way. You have to have so much luck to win a title that uh, the Cavs have used up a lot of that luck, but if they can at least be respectable and, and kind of change the conversation around the team, um, that's, that's really what I hope for. And, and we, we could go over, as David said, you could really tie yourself up with what us and thunder are probably one of the more interesting what if teams ever with um, what if they, they put the trade through with Tyson Chandler, what if they um, didn't trade Harden or what if they traded Russ instead of Harden or like a million other what ifs that are there. Um, But ultimately, even when things haven't worked out well, I think Presti has done a good job turning those items into something good. Like even when Carmelo Anthony didn't work out, um, he turned that into Dennis Schroeder and, and they are, are getting reasonably good value for that money considering that it was basically kind of a sunk cost with Melo. You could argue Victor Oladipo didn't work and they got like, he did not work nearly as well as they hoped he would. I no, think and they turned it into Paul George. He turned it into Paul George. It's like, yeah. like this guy is just like 
He's like the guy that goes in, goes to like the uh, the flea market with like something very low value and just slowly <laughs> trades it up and trades it up and trades it up until he gets to something that until he was like walking out with like a grand piano or some shit like that. Like it's just really amazing to watch him like not only get big hits but to salvage big mistakes. Yeah. And that's the thing, like people, people insist that everything has to be, per- I think, and I've, I've heard it referred to, I don't remember, it's like Warrior's Delirium or something like that, where everybody's like, oh, it should work out perfectly. Like every move that you make should just magically happen. It's like, no, this is what they call a black swan event. This is one of those events that happens like once every 20 years and it reshapes the entire landscape of the league. It's so like I, I do salary cap stuff as that's kind of my niche and the amount of things that had to break right for everything to, to line up for this Warriors team is insane. Like they did not saying that it was all luck. Like they did really, really good work as a front office and as a coaching staff, but you cannot reach that level without luck. It's like you can get yourself at spitting distance, but I mean, if the if the salary cap changes were a year off from what they were, the Thunder would be sitting in the Warriors' spot. No, no, for sure. Luck is a really big thing. So, I, I I think this is a good time to give a very important reminder to our listeners: sacrifice goats at least once a month to pray <laughs> to the basketball gods uh, yep. for RJ Barrett. Um, if you don't I have, thought a you were goat, about to do an ad read. Chickens <laughs> no. with sacrifice goats. <laughs> I don't no. have access to goats here, but chickens are fine. No, 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 no. Before you log on to mybookie.com and use Blue Wire as a promo code to get a 50% deposit bonus, um, before you do that, go out, sacrifice some wildlife, some wild, uh, some farm animals, what, whatever it is, pray to the basketball gods, and let's get us RJ Barrett. This, this is where I put in the disclaimer that uh, neither My Blue Wire nor – or. Uh, or any of our ad affiliates uh, support the sacrifice of live animals uh, prior to using their service. No, Do you know and, that? And make, make sure if you I, are. I read, it, I read it in the contract. It's in the fine print. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? These contracts, you, you, you didn't think that it would affect your normal day-to-day life, but here it is infringing on my rights. But That's uh, tough. David, David, thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate your perspective. It was a good time. Uh, again, uh, make sure that you follow David on Twitter at uh, Bird Rights NBA. I didn't mess that up, right? No, you're good. No, that's right. Yeah, perfect. Bird Rights NBA. Um, so thanks again for coming on. Remember to our listeners, support the show, subscribe, uh, leave a rating, leave a review. Um, if you want to be part of our Discord chat, take a screenshot of that review you leave on iTunes and email it to chasedownpod at gmail.com. And again, um, make sure that you support our sponsors, MyBookie. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, 50% deposit bonus when you use promo code BlueWire. So thanks again to our listeners. Thanks to David. And until next time, go Cats.